The Grave by John Penn. Dramatized for radio by Melville Jones with John Castle as Superintendent Thorne. A country hotel somewhere in the Cotswolds. The year is 1953. Well, there it is. Witchwood House Country Hotel. What about that? Neo-Georgian, is that what they call it? Not Neo. The real thing. That's a customer's fortune. Well, they got a fair amount for the pub, you know. Even so. They had a huge loan from the bank, too. Rose said they were terrified when they started. Wondered whether anyone would come. Good God, a flunky. Well, wipe down the window. Good morning, sir. Morning. Am I uh, okay here? Yes? Fine. Not lowering the rateable value? <laughs> Certainly not, sir. Good cars, these. In their time. Oh, thank you. We're looking for Mr. and Mrs. Kempton. That's right. It's Mr. Thorne, isn't it? Uh, Superintendent Thorne, rather. Mr. will do on Sunday. Mr. Kempton asked me to look out for you. He's serving in the bar. If you step this way, I'll take you through. <laughs> Just point us in the right direction. You'll have other customers. Oh, right. Thanks. Just go straight through the reception hall. Bar's on the left. Thank you. Enjoy your lunch. Uh, just a moment. I'll be right with you. Oh, pleasant young man. Yes. Well, isn't he? I'm sure it's just... Just what? Uh, a feeling. I've seen him before. Sunday, George. Remember, day of rest. Of course, but I'm sure I know him from somewhere. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. After all these years. If I hadn't bumped into Rosie Marks and sparked, it might have been another 20 years. I couldn't believe it. Oh, but I ate that much. No, no, that was it. You looked just the same. What about me, Rose? Well, a little fuller in the face, perhaps. Oh, not just for the face, I'm afraid. He doesn't find the beat now, of course. So I gather, Superintendent Rose told me. Gosh, when I think of you as that fresh-faced young popper. <laughs> you know what they say when police will start to look older. Well, my memory of you, John, is bellowing last orders, please, and tipping the drunks out into the old Kent Rose. <laughs> Too late, are we? Oh, Vern wanted to take a shortcut through the woods. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea, but we ran out of track. <laughs> no problem. I told them to keep your table. Oh, great. Oh, great. And is it roast beef? Tell me it's roast beef. It mm. is. Uh, and with the mint sauce? There has to be mint sauce. <laughs> Not with beef, Polly. Oh. oh, I have to apologize for my wife. <laughs> your wife? I still can't get used to that very Oh. <laughs> Americans, too. Your fame is spreading. Oh, well, I shan't mind if they're all like those two. Honeymooners. Very romantic. <laughs> they even take their morning run hand in hand. <laughs> Perfect, Rose. Another perfect meal. Thank you. you really do spoil us. I couldn't decide between the chocolate mousse and the pavlova. So we had some of both. Gosh, Anne, look at us thrown out. Oh, hardly. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Fowler are our favourite guests. Oh. They were among the first to stay. And we've been back regularly ever since. Mm -hmm. Is this your first visit? Well, yes, but we're not proper guests. Here, let me introduce you. Miranda Thorne and Superintendent George Thorne of the Thames Valley Police. How do you do? Not an official visit, I hope. Oh, certainly not, Mr. Fowler. I never drink on duty. We knew each other a long time ago in London. Oh. And we just bumped into each other again, living about, oh, ten miles apart, and we never realized. I see. Well, if you're like us, you'll find it hard to stay away. They look after you so well. Please, Rose. Do tell Felix how much we enjoyed the meal. I will. Now, I think, William, it really must be a little walk after all that short. Satisfied, Tyre? Uh-huh. If they were all like the Fowlers, life would be a bed of roses. They've even entrusted us with their ruby wedding celebrations. 
The party's next week. And Felix will go to town on that. Felix? Our chef. Monsieur Le Chat. Hence, Felix. <laughs> well, it's better than <laughs> poor size. <of> course. <laughs> is, is he really French? Or is that his place? Oh, no, no, the real thing. Even down to the temperament. But he cooks like a dream. Everyone says so. I never take coffee after lunch tomorrow. Well, almost everyone. I hope you enjoyed the meal, Mrs. Blair. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. Quite pleasant. Excellent. Most enjoyable. Of course, I'm not really a roast beef person. I like highly spiced things. One gets used to them. Nina spent most of her childhood in the Far East. My father was a diplomat. You understand. Oh, I, I see. Still, it's a far cry from Maidenhead. Maidenhead. Of course, that's where you are now. And I shall never get used to the winters here, I'm afraid. Really? We shall have to come and stay more often, I can see. Sit by your log fires. We shall look forward to that. And now I think some brisk exercise is called for. <laughs> All those calories. Just what the fowlers thought. They've gone for a walk. You might catch them up. Splendid. Not for me, Morris. I shall have to lie down for at least an hour. Jack. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> I'm afraid, but he seems to cope with her. Oh, rather him than me. There are compensations, I believe. Really? What? Money. She pays all the bills. Oh, oh wealthy wife. Lot to be said for it. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, the rush should be over now. I'll just check with Paul that our table's ready. Okay. I can hardly believe your baby Paul looks after the dining room. Well, he's 20 now. I'll try not to tell him the last time I saw him was when he was in nappy. <laughs> well, not while he's serving the wine, anyway. <laughs> nah. <laughs> George. Not for me, thanks. Oh, if you're sure. Uh, what about you, Mum? Oh, no, thanks, Ross. Must keep a clear head for the accounts this afternoon. I tell you, I get so muddled with all these different rates of purchase tax. <laughs> right. No takers, then. Oh, oh, no. Delightful meal, Paul. Do pass our compliments to the kitchen uh, to Felix. Thank you. I certainly will, Mrs. Thorne. Yeah, please, Miranda, not Mrs. Thorne. After all, I remember you in... Uh, in what? Nothing. Nothing, really. She means in your nappies. <laughs> Not a pretty sight, I'm sure. Now, you must excuse me. Honestly, I hope he wasn't embarrassed. Paul, embarrassed? You're joking. Come on, George. Let me show you around. Oh, lovely. Excuse us, ladies. <laughs> Shall we have coffee in the lounge, Miranda? Are you sure we're not taking as many things? No, only the dirty account. Oh, I don't think I could cope with those. What makes you think I can? Oh, Mrs. Kempton. Yes? There's a gentleman on the phone would like to speak to you. Me? What about? Well, he didn't say. Well, who is he, Helen? Uh, Mr. Mortlake. Switch the call through to the office, please, Helen. You go on into the lounge, Miranda. I won't be long. This is Mrs. Kempton. Of course it is. Rosebud. Who is this? Come on, love, don't tell me you've forgotten. What the hell do you want? Now, now, is that the way to speak to you? Look, I don't want to speak to you or see you ever. Do you understand? That could be tricky. What, what, what do you mean? Didn't they tell you I'm booked into your cozy little hotel? No. Looking forward to it, our little reunion. We'll have such a lot to talk about, Rosebud, won't we? Such a lot. Roy, look, please, stay away. I'll, I'll talk... Till later, then, lovely. Bye for now. Oh, please. Oh, my God. Hello. Oh. I'm not disturbing you. Uh, no, not at all. No, I was just struggling with the crossword. I... Well, please don't let me... You see, I'm waiting for Mrs. Kempton. She had to take a phone call in her office. I've I, I given up, actually. I... Oh, I am awfully stupid when it comes. Good Lord. Uh, pardon? <laughs> I'm sorry, but... You're Cassandra Gray, aren't you? 
Yes, I am. Oh, I thought so. There was an article in one of my magazines. Pictures of you in your garden. and the... Oh, dear. And the books. Oh, I'm a great fan. I- I've read them all. Oh, how very brave of you. <laughs> Not at all. I-, I love historical novels. I keep pestering our local library for them, y- yours in particular. Oh, I am flattered. Yes. Is there a new one, by the way? Uh, yes, yes, there is. There. That is why I'm here. It's to finish it off. <laughs> No one can get at me. You see, no telephone, no call. <laughs> What's it going to be called? Have you decided? Well, I had thought... I'm sorry, Miranda, to abandon you. Oh, oh, that's fine. I was just talking... You all right, Rose? Uh, what? You look ghastly. No, no, I'm fine. But are you sure, dear? You look very pale. Come and sit down. Uh, really, I'm uh, okay. Can I get you something? Brandy? Tea? Oh, yes. Oh, the, uh, the coffee's coming. Don't worry, I'm all right. Really. Well, if you say so, it must be the thought of the accounts. It's enough to make anyone feel faint. Well, now, I see you've met our famous novelist. Yes, thank you. I hope to see you again. Oh, I'm sure you will. Bye. Bye. Lovely, wasn't it? Excellent. They certainly seem to have landed on their feet. It must be hard work, though, being close to people all day. Oh, I don't know. Oh, of course you don't. Not in your job. Unfair. Maybe. I wouldn't fancy it. Must be a straight out left here. Poor Rose was quite done for after lunch. Shattered. Really? George, what are you thinking about? You're miles away. That young man. Oh, George, you're still worrying about that. I was just curious. His name's Tom Latimer. You find I that? asked Rose. He's very reliable and honest, it seems. Satisfied? Local, is he? No. London, I go. Left, did you say? But she didn't seem to know much about his background. Didn't she now? Bit odd, don't you think? You say you have a reservation, sir? Yes, I telephoned. Of course. And the name? Mortlake. Roy Mortlake. Mortlake? Yes. God's sake, how many more times? Uh, ah, yes. Yes, here we are. Fifteen, yes, you're in room fifteen. I hope it's quiet. Oh, yes, all our rooms are, sir. Good. And I'd like some tea sent up. Of course. You must be tired after the journey. I am. The train was late and I had to wait for a taxi at the station. Well, if you'd asked, we could have had a car meeting. train for a man just out of hospital, I can tell you. Oh, dear. I'm I'm sorry you've been ill. There's a minor op. Something serious, but it takes it out of you. I'm sure. Well, you can rest completely at Witchwood. Anything you want, just ask. I will. Can I ask how long you'll be staying, sir? I haven't decided. Depends. I see. Yes, well, uh, I'll have your case brought up and I'll organise some tea. Your room 15 is straight ahead of you and then up the main stairs. Not too long with that tea, if you don't mind. I do mind, Mr Mortlake. I mind very much. Welcome back to Witchwood, Canon. Thank you. And Mrs. Hurley, are you well? Not terribly, I'm afraid. Nasty bronchitis. Oh, dear. Anyhow, I'm sure the cotswold there will put you right. Now, come and help with the cases, dear. Yes, of course. And Miss Hurley, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Fine. Uh, Here, let me help you with that. Uh, If you'd like to go on in, sir, I'll help Miss Hurley with the luggage. All right, sir. Come along, Margaret. Miss Mary. Oh, yes. 
fool they're watching. Let them. Uh, can you hang about there, Alice? It's getting chilly. I'll bring the bag, sir. Look, I'll park the car for you in the stable garage. See if you can leave the day in about ten minutes. Uh, yes, yes. On my way, Cannon. Oh, God. One well, can save me now. How can I have missed it? See if you can find where I've gone wrong. I've added this column. You never told me. What? Told you what? That we had a new guest booked in. Didn't I? A Mr. Mortlake. I must have forgotten. Sorry. It's not like you, Rose. So I forgot. I'm sorry. What more do you want? And that's all it was? You just forgot? What is this, John? Does it matter? Never mind. I've got to check the pool filter. I'll be about 20 minutes. Come in. Uh, your tea, sir. All right. Put it on the table. I'll have it after my bath. So just a minute. Yes, sir. How long have you worked here? Well, uh, full time for just over a year since I finished college. And before that? Well, before that I lived here. Lived? Yes, uh, my parents are the owners. Oh, are they now? You got any brothers or sisters? No, uh, just me. So this will be yours one day. <laughs> well, I don't know how that well, it'll win for, eh? Plus place. Oh, we tried. This keep... must be booming. Oh, pretty fair, I'm pleased to say. <laughs> That's good news, isn't it? Very good news. Yes. Well, if there's nothing else, sir, I'll be. No, no. That'll be all, sir. For the moment. Mm. I've looked forward to that. Really? Really? When you wrote and said your mother was ill, I was afraid you wouldn't come. So was I. How did you manage to get away? I said I left my gloves in the car. This is ridiculous, you know. We're not kids. Oh, don't. I know I'm 24 and they treat me as we if I was... should tell them. It's no crime to be in love. Are you, Tom? Really? Really in love with me? Well, I've said so, haven't I? Yes. So what are we going to tell them what we feel about each other? I speak to your father? No. No, you, you don't understand what he's like. He's a snob. I see. Wouldn't approve of his daughter marrying the handyman. Did it time, Tom? So when did he get to meet properly? This is crazy like this. Oh, no, but... Look, I'm free tomorrow afternoon. Can you get away for tea in Windrush? Four o'clock in the copper center? I'll try. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. That's all right, Mr. Kempton. Miss Hurley has lost her gloves in the car. I was just helping her look for them. Ah, I see. And I found them. Thank you, Mr. Latimer, for your help. I'd better get back. Father will be wondering where I am. Uh, Tom, I don't want to seem... Do not, Mr. Kenton. Forget it. Do you know where the new bottle of chlorine is? We're nearly through the old one. I think I saw it over here somewhere. Want a man get a drink around here? I'm sorry, I was in the kitchen. 
Well, well. Long time, eh, Rosebud? What are you doing here? What do you want with me? Different hairstyle, a bit more weight, perhaps. Suit you. Not the little waif I used to know. I'm nothing to you now, nothing. Now get that straight. I wonder what happened to you, Rose, all these years. How did you find... Pure luck. For me, anyway. Well, if it's money you want, you're out of luck. Everything we have is tied up in this place. Yes. So your son was telling me... Paul, you've spoken to Paul. Don't worry, the general chat. Business is good, he told me. Very good. Yes, you must be worth a bob or two now. Wouldn't you say, Rosebud? Haven't you done me enough harm? What more is there? Well, that all depends, doesn't it? I shall have to see. I don't want you here. Now, that's no way to talk. I'm very comfy here. I could quite grow to love No, I am warning you, Roy. Warning? You're warning me? You get it into your pretty little head. I'm the one that does the warning. Chilly by the fool now. What do you really mean, Mr. Jackson? Is this its time for a drink? Well, it has gone six. Time enough. Uh, two of our usuals, please. Right. Uh, two sherries. Uh, will you join us, Mrs. Kempton? No, thank you. And uh, what about you, sir? Hmm? Will you take a drink with us? Oh, well, that's very civil of you. I'll, I'll have a whiskey. Oh, good, good. Aren't you going to introduce us, Mrs. Kempton? Uh, oh, of course. Mr. and Mrs. Fowler, this is Mr. Mortley. Oh, how do you mean? <laughs> oh, never mind the Mr. Mortley. Roy's the name. We don't need to stand on ceremony, do we? Mrs. Kempton. Yes. Oh, great, you made it. I was beginning to think... I had trouble parking. Well, you're not so well in with the local police as I am. I've ordered tea cakes. I hope that was all right. Fine. So what did you tell them? Oh, some pathetic lie about needing to go shopping. And they swallowed it? Yes, they did. But... But what? There's a man staying there. A Mr. Mortley. I know. So what about him? Oh, he's awful. Unpleasant. Yeah, why? He heard me telling them about coming into the shop. Well, what does that matter? Perhaps it's he seemed to be leering at me, as if he knew I was lying. Oh, how could he? I suppose he couldn't. But then I did meet him when I left you in the garage. He was sort of hanging about, taking the air, he said, but... It's I just that imagination. It's no wonder with all this cloak and dagger stuff. If we just told Oh, please, him. Tom, don't lecture me. I know it seems cowardly. Right. Not... not another word. I promise. Anyway, I should be flattered that you put yourself through all this for me. Thank you. Thank you. Shall I pull? Penny for them. Oh, I was just thinking how nice it is to be together. A chance to be alone. Yes. Well, there's so much I want to ask you. I know so little. What do you need to know? We know all that matters. Of course, but... Mysterious past, is that it? Is it mysterious? Ah, that would be telling. Would it? Can you get away again? Tomorrow afternoon. Where? My cottage. Please try for me. All right. Well, what have we here? A twist. Good afternoon, Mr. Mortley. Giving your folks a slip, then, have you? What do you mean? Don't worry. Your secret's safe with me. 
Only young ones. Miss Hurley was doing some shopping. Oh, I believe you. Thousands wouldn't. Enjoy yourselves. Don't worry. I won't play gooseberry. <laughs> Everything, everything. Of course he hasn't. We're doing nothing wrong. You don't know how my father's mind It'll be all right, Alice. Believe me. Don't worry about an oath like Mortlake. It's easy for you to say that. But get him. Now eat up your teacake. Well, it looks that way to me, Polly. Right. Well, we'll see. I'll race you back again. Ready, steady? Oh, oh you're a bird, Raven. I'll get you. Just look at them. Athletic young couple, aren't they? Particularly the girl. What? Flaunting herself to the people about. Just tell me you haven't noticed. Oh, I only commented. Why else have you taken up this early morning running? There's nothing to do. Holding after those tiny shorts she wears. Do you realize how absurd you look? Please, let me keep your voice down. It's isn't it? Have you ever considered how you've embarrassed me over the years? Watching you chase every pretty little girl in Stop it! You know you're talking nonsense. Oh, good morning, Miss Gray. Oh, it's a lovely day again, Mr. Blair. Yes, we're very lucky with the weather. They said there might be thunder later. Oh, I do hope My not. head is certainly throbbing. It always plays up when there's thunder arrives. Perhaps you'd better take your walk this morning, Miss Gray. <laughs> no, a creature of habit, I'm afraid. Back to the typewriter for a couple of hours now and then a walk. Yes, I'm sure there's thunder in the air. I feel it above the temple. Oh, dear. That doesn't help. Young Paul's getting Tom to tune his engine for him. He lives for that car. Well, I think it's most inconsiderate. I reckon that's done it, Paul. She was running too rich. Yeah, I thought that was probably it. No point having a beast like this if you're not getting full power. All right. Should I just take her for a quick blast, see how she goes? Yeah, fine. Uh, I'd better get back to the bar. Right. Now, let's see what you can do. Good morning, Mr. Mortlake. What would you like? your car out there. Yes, you're an enthusiast. You I only got a little What? You trying to scare me off, were you? Well, let me tell you. What are you, you talking about? Give me that bugger away. I suppose it was that bitch of a mother put you up with. Well, I'll give you a bit now, of light here. No. You look here. And see what's going on this. <laughs> Don't you ever try that on me again, oh, sonny boy. Okay. Ah, is there... That should help the swelling. How's it feeling now? Oh, not so bad. I think it was more the shot than anything. What the hell was Tom thinking? Oh, he meant it as some sort of joke, I think. Ah, he's going to apologize to Mortlake. No, no, I'll deal with Mr. Uh, not on my account, Dad. I've had worse than this playing rugby. Oh, I'm not letting that down. But it wasn't just me, Dad. It's more complicated. What do you mean, complicated? Well, I don't really know. It's crazy, but he seemed to think Mum had something to do with it. Trying to warn him off, he said. Did he? What's going on, Dad? I want to know. Yes, I suppose you have to. 
I just hope you never need to know. Know what? Is it something to do with Mum? Well, is it? Yes, it is something to do with your mother. With your mother and Mortlake. Roy Mortlake? What's he to Mum? Well, you know your mother was brought up in care, don't you? Yes, with foster parents. Yeah, a whole succession of them. She wasn't very lucky. Each yet completely indifferent to her existence, or so she thought. So, at 16, she ran away. Oh, I never knew that. No, well, she went to London like they all do. Slept rough, literally, in a public park. And that's where this man found her. Took her home with him. Well, at first, Roy, that's how she always spoke of him, was kind to her. She was flattered. At last, someone seemed to care. And this Mortlake... And then it began to go wrong. It seemed he was mixed up in something crooked. They had to keep moving. Cash was scarce. Roy wanted your mother to contribute. It was easy money, he told her. What was? When she refused, he beat her up. Well, you have to understand how vulnerable she was. Barely 17, no one she could turn to. What choice did she have? Well, I still don't see oh, what... come on, Paul. You want me to spell it out for you? Roy Mortlake was a pimp. And Mum did... Oh, I don't believe don't it. Don't judge her. I'm not judging her. It's that bastard I'm judging her. Yes, well, she got away as soon as she could. And that's when I first met her. So you knew? Yes. When I asked her to marry me, she told me. Well, it made no difference to my feelings. Why should it? She's a... She's a wonderful woman, your mother. When you think what she's overcome... What the hell is he doing here? In our hotel, our home. Why didn't you throw him out the moment he arrived? I mean, surely you must have realized what it must be like for Mum to have him round the place. So why is he still here? It's not as simple as you think. Of course it's simple. Your mother and I don't speak about those things. The past. It was over over 20 years ago. I'm sure she's never seen Roy Mortlake again until he walked in here two days ago. Even so, for whatever reason, he's here. Somehow he's found her. She must want him out, surely. Uh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But, but she doesn't, you mean? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know. Oh, but you must have talked about it. Well, haven't you? Paul, the... There's something else. What? Your mother isn't aware that I know who Mortlake is. But you said she told you everything. Yes, but not his surname. She just spoke of him as Roy. Then how do you know it's him? Well, when we moved down here, I was shifting some old stuff out of the attic, some photographs. A small snapshot fell out from behind one of the frames. I'm sure your mother never remembered she'd put it there. It was a young man, and on the back was scrawled Roy Mortlake. And you never said anything. Oh, it wasn't important by then. I'm sure we thought we'd never see him again. And then I heard a Mr. Mortlake was booked in here. Well, it, it's not a common name. I hoped, of course, it was a coincidence. But when I saw him, there was no doubt, even after all these years. But why hasn't Mum said anything? I don't know. That's just it. I suppose it's because she doesn't want to hurt me. Waking up her past again. Well, couldn't you tell her? Yes, I've thought of it. Well, I gave her the chance to tell me, but I suppose she's just hoping you'll clear up. Well, I think we should tell her. We both should. It makes no difference to us what happened in the past. We love her too much for that. Tell her, then give Mortlake the boot. Tell him to go to hell. No, well, well, if you don't, I will. Well, think about it. If he gets vindictive, he could cause trouble. But spread rumors among the visitors, the staff. And that would destroy your mother. I'd never let anything like that happen, Paul. 
No, Dad. Nor would I. Afternoon, Cannon. Good afternoon, Mr. Mortlake. What brings you out in the storm? I think I made it back before the rain. I never miss my afternoon walk, you know. Ah, I see. I thought perhaps you were going to young Tom Latimer's cottage. Why on earth should I do that? To join your lovely daughter, of course. My daughter? Alice is back at the hotel. Resting, she said. Oh, <laughs> did she now? Naughty girl. Now, look here, Mr. Mortlake. I'd rather she... She may be lying down, Cannon, but... Uh... I doubt if she's resting. Yeah, <laughs> oh. you speak oh, to Cannon, wake up. Think of thieves they were when I saw them in Windrush. Huh? Billing and cooing. You saw them. And I've just seen your sweet young daughter going into Mr. Latimer's cottage there. Yes, well, I'm sure you're mistaken. No mistake, believe me. She knows what it's about, all right. But I... You've only got to look at her. She's asking for it, Cannon. Asking for it. That's all that matters, isn't it? Yes, I suppose it is. First rule of living. If it feels right, then it is right. I doubt if my father would agree. I think it's time we did something about your father. What do you mean? By telling him the truth. Perhaps you're right. No, I'm sure it's worth it. I can face it. Excellent. So when shall we do it? Oh, you know what he's like, Tom. You ask questions about you. <laughs> my prospects, you mean whether my intentions are honourable. <laughs> and your past, your family, all that stuff. Yes, I dare say he will. So what will you tell him, Tom? What will you tell me? Well, Tom? I'll think of something. <laughs> I'm serious, Tom. Well, you've no business to be at a time like this. There. It's tea time. I'll put the kettle on. Tom? Yes? Can I have a bath? <laughs> sure. All our sins are washed away. There should be a clean towel in there. Um, boom, boom. Oh, who the hell is that? at home. I'm sure it'll soon blow over. Would you like some tea? I'm just about to make some. Oh, yes, I would. If it's no trouble. Oh, please come through. Oh, oh, oh it's very cosy in here. Yes, it used to be the lodge, I suppose. Yes, I suppose it did. Do you take milk, lemon? Charles, Tom, I can't... Oh. Good afternoon, Miss Hermes. Yes, Good afternoon, Miss Gray. Miss Hurley got caught in the storm, too. Soaked to the skin. Really? Lucky I was in, wasn't it? Very lucky. For both of us. It 
have freshened up the river. There's a good stretch above Lex Slavery, my child, if you fancy it. Good idea. We'll make an early start. Right. Not too early, I hope, my. Have no fear. We was never up before eight. Very sensible. Mark will insist on this ridiculous running. Keeps me in trim, Nina. <laughs> well, that's the idea, anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Sounds very nasty, oh, Mrs. Hurley. Yeah. Isn't it better yet? But hang on, Robert. The medicine they prescribe doesn't seem to be doing much good. William had some very good lozenges. Oh, yes, he still yes. keeps them handy. William, do you have any of those throat lozenges with you? Uh, yes, I believe I do somewhere. Perhaps Mrs. Hurley might try one. See if it helps. Oh, please don't go to any trouble. Oh, it's no trouble. They're only up in our room. Yes, I found them very good. Really, very kind of your husband. A pleasure. <laughs> now, what about some more coffee? They'll be slippery. Okay. Now, watch me go, baby. Oh, wait for me, sneaky. <laughs> you can't get me. What is it? Why did you... My God. Oh, my God. Get some help. Get some help, Polly. Quick. I'll try and get him out. Oh, please, God. 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 Oh, please, Quick, oh. grab him. Oh. All right. I got him. Oh. Turn him over. I'll try and master mouth. I don't think... You must try. This weak point, man. Look at the back of his head. Oh, my God. Your wife's got to get help. I was just sitting out when I met her. How could it have happened? I suppose he must have slipped. Hit his head on the side as he went in. I guess it's very slippery after all that rain. Poor devil. I phoned for an ambulance. How is it? I'm afraid he's dead. What? Oh, oh my God. Paul, look, if we get him onto one of the poolside lounges, we can carry him back in very fast. That's a good idea. Yes, I'll get one. Sure, is there anything I can do? Thank you. We're just going to get the body over to the house. If you could give us a hand, Mr. Fowler. No. Wait. Well, what is it? In cases like this, it's better for a doctor to see the body in situ. Sure. I do know about this sort of thing. What sort of thing? There'll have to be an inquest, you know. Any unnatural death necessitates an inquest. Sir, are you suggesting... I'm that... not suggesting anything, Paul. It's normal procedure until everyone is satisfied. About what? I think what Mr. Fowler is trying to tell us is that it's possible Mr. Mortlake was murdered. And I hope to have a satisfactory answer for you soon. You're sincerely Superintendent Thorne. See that done at once, will you? Yes, sir. Now, Albert, uh, what were the details again? Uh, skull bashed, floating in the swimming pool. And on our pass, you say? Witchwood House Hotel. It's just... Uh, Witchwood House? Give me that. That's right. Uh, do you know it, sir? Yes. 
I was having lunch there on Sunday. Oh, I see. We know the owners, my wife and I, from way back. Oh. Not very good publicity for him, sir. Hardly, Sergeant. Uh, I suppose it could have been an accident. I doubt if you would have bothered me if that were the case. Well, the doctor has his doubts. Well, who's that? Dr. Band. They called him in at once. And he called us? Yeah. He was worried. Well, he's a good man, better than most. What did you tell him? We'd be over. He'll wait. I see. That was right, sir, wasn't it? Ah, yes, quite right. I must say, I hope to return to Witchwood under happier circumstances. I doubt if it was Brian that killed him, Superintendent. Well, here he is. Hmm. You see, this wound is quite enough to do that by itself. Hmm. But not an accident. Hmm. Look at the side of the pool. They couldn't have produced that shape of wound. No. You're right. Which leaves, of course, the blunt instrument. Hmm. The good old blunt instrument. And wielded with considerable force, I'd say. So, if you're right, he was probably dragged here after he was dead. Well, that would be my guess. We'll need to wait for the PM to be sure. Sergeant Abbott's got his squad checking the grounds. If our killer, assuming there was one, didn't take the weapon away with him, it would be the obvious place to chuck it. I, uh, suppose you wouldn't care to... Guess how long he was in the water. Mm. Well, it's very hard to be sure. I'd say no more than an hour. The path lab will tell you more. Yes, in the meantime... Excuse me, sir. There's something for you. What? We may have the weapon, also where it happened. Oh, excellent. Good. Just over here, sir, where the path goes into the shrubbery. Show me. Right. You'll need the glass, sir. Oh, can't. There, just the other side of the tape, where the bush is broken. Yeah, definitely blood. And particles of tissue. Small bits of bone. We'll need samples, of course, Sergeant. Of course, sir. But well done, Abbott. Well, thank you, sir. And there's something else. Really? The bush. Well, what about it? It's not damaged. Nor any of these other shrubs. Good. Very good. Which means that he didn't fall forward. So he must have been squatting down, perhaps looking at that hydrangea? Or perhaps being persuaded to look at it. Which might suggest Mortlake knew his assailant stopped the chat. It also means that whoever killed him didn't need to be tall or very strong not to hit him from behind and above. Pity. Why pity? Because, Doctor, it means we cannot rule out the gentle sex. Oh, I see. And the weapon. You have that too? Could be. Just behind the bush here. But careful, Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really hidden. As ordinary as that. It's just a... Lime juice, I should say. Something like that. Yeah. Would fit the wound pattern. That sort of bottle. Fingerprints? Don't know yet, sir. Let me know at once, sir. Then I want you over in the hotel. Kempton's lent us his office. Right, sir. The local Bobby's told the guests no one can leave until they've been interviewed. How did that go down? <laughs> not too well, I gather. Ah, I'm not surprised. You've got a complete list, I hope. The receptionist telling Deard and she's getting the list for you. Good. And, sir... Well? I think she'd like a word. You seem quite keen. Did she? I wonder why. I don't know what you're thinking, of course, Superintendent, but really, it must have been an accident. And why is that, Mrs. Durden? You see, Mr. Mortlake was a completely unexpected visitor. He shouldn't have been here at all. What do you mean? He rang out of the blue Sunday morning, wanted to stay for a week or two. So? Well, at this time of the year, we're usually fully booked, but we just happened to have a cancellation. It was pure chance we could take him. Oh, I see. That's why it must have been an accident. No one here could have any reason to kill him. <laughs> no one knew him. Hmm. Why did he come here, did he say? Pure coincidence, I think. He said the surgeon recommended us. What surgeon? Mr. Mortlake told me he'd had an operation. He needed to recuperate. And the surgeon... Had once stayed here. He must have liked it. I don't suppose you would know the name of this surgeon? No. No? no. But you could find out, I'm sure. Oh, could I? 
It was at this clinic in London. I've got the address Mr. Mortlake gave me in the register. He'd been living abroad, you know. No, I didn't, Mrs. Dearden, but I expect I soon will. I'd like you to take Sergeant Abbott to the room Mr. Mortlake was using. He'll give you a receipt for anything we need to take away. All right, Sergeant? Sir. That's all, then, Superintendent. I think so, Mrs. Dearden. Just one thing. Yes? How long have you known Mr. and Mrs. Kempton? I've worked here three years. And before? In London. I knew them from London when I used to work there. Ah, I see. Almost old friends, really. Wouldn't you say? You weren't really noticing anything. Worry, Vern. I guess not. Just running and chatting. You know how it is. <laughs> not really, Mr. Raven. But you're a regular, it seems. Every morning. And do any of the other guests join you? Um, Sometimes, Mr. Blair. But not today. No, he must have started out later. How do you know that? Oh, he was talking to Miss Hurley by the front door when I came running for help. I see, so this morning whilst you were out, you saw no one. No, no one. And then when... But I did. Who? I saw Tom Latimer. He, he never told me. Uh, Latimer's one of the staff. Yes, I know Mr. Latimer. Where did you see him, Mrs. Raven? Near the shrubbery. Not the poolside, quite a bit away. I, I just caught a glimpse. I didn't mention it, honey, because it didn't seem to matter. Does it, Superintendent? Does it matter? Probably not. Only I, I wouldn't want to point the finger. Oh, of course not. You've been most helpful, and I'm sorry to have detained you. Uh, are, are we free to go now? To check out? I mean, uh, we have quite a tough schedule, well, and... Well, if you just bear with us a little longer, Mr. Raven, just until we've got all the statements. I'm afraid it does take time, you know. It could ruin us, George. You realize that. I mean, once the press get hold of it, I suppose there's nothing you can do. I'm cause... sorry, John, nothing. I have to play it by the book. You know that. Yes, of course. Is there any chance it could have been an accident? Well, you tell me. You've seen the body. What do you think? No, I suppose not. Sir, what did you know about Roy Mortlake? Hmm? Mean nothing. No, nothing at all. But, uh, but I will tell you one thing. What's that? Well, maybe you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but Mr. Mortlake, in a foul temper, he was the nasty, bullying type, I'd say. What makes you say that? Well, I'd better tell you, George, before somebody else does, but it has nothing to do with this. A couple of days ago, Mortlake had a row with Paul. And? Mortlake punched him, knocked him down. Mortlake knocked Paul down? What on earth for? a stupid misunderstanding, and really, it was Tom's fault. Nothing to do with Paul at all. Tom Latimer? Yes. Tell me about young Latimer, John. Everything you know. He wouldn't get out of my way. Or is it that you were trying to run him over? Of course not. But you didn't like him, did you? No. Why didn't you like him, Mr. Latimer? He was unlikable. That's all? That's all. What were you doing near the shrubbery early this morning? I was doing my job. What does that mean? Checking to see if the hydrangeas have been damaged in the storm. Did you see anyone around? Whilst you were so conscientiously doing your job? Yes, um, the American couple. Oh, and old Canon Hurley. Miss Hurley's father. What was he doing? I didn't ask him. I don't suppose you did, Mr. Latimer. Sorry, sir, if I'm interrupting. That's all right, Sergeant. I've finished. I can go, then. Oh, just one more thing. Yes? Have a look at this. Now, do you know this man? No. Not at all, should I? Thank you. Oh, who is it? That will be all for the moment, Mr. Latimer. This way, sir. What's this with the photograph, sir? Who is it, sir? David. 
Your son? Well, what's he got to do with this? Nothing, I hope. But it's the only photograph in my wallet. Oh, fingerprints, sir. You wanted Latimer's prints. Brilliant, Sergeant. And if we don't find them in records, I'll stand you your next half dozen pints. You reckon, sir? I reckon. He's hiding something, that one. Giving nothing away about his past or his present. And I've seen him somewhere. I know it. I can't be good. Not if I know him from somewhere. So you think he's the one, sir? I didn't say that. Far too early for that, Sergeant. We've hardly started on this one. So, what did you find in Mortlake's room? Expensive clothes, sir. I'm not short of a bob, Mr. Mortlake, that's for sure. Well, clothes aren't everything, Sergeant. Some men are... Only as this, sir. All his papers. Tickets, checkbook, passports. Passports? There we are. Dual citizenship. British and Canadian. He emigrated 20 years ago, according to this. And the checkbook? A bank in Calgary, Alberta. And there are bank statements, share certificates, so on. I think he must have struck it rich over there. Yes, not that it's done him much good. Right, you know the next step, Sergeant. Get on to the yard and see what they can find out from Calgary. I'll need another hour or so here. How many more to see, sir? Mr. Blair, Mr. Fowler and young Paul, they all help with the body. I'll need all their statements. And, um, I suppose Canon Harley, too, after what Latimer said. Not a very productive afternoon, then. As expected, Sergeant, as expected. None of them had any idea how or why Mortlake ended up in this pool. Although at least Paul Kempton didn't pretend to be sorry. Well, after a fight, I suppose there wasn't much love though. I don't think it was just a fight. Really, sir? They're not so good at concealing their emotions, the young. Haven't learnt to dissemble, have they? I do say, sir. So, who was dissembling, then? I'm not sure. I doubt if Mr. Fowler was being as frank as he might have been. Fowler? Ah, struck me as very respectable retired solicitor, isn't Right. That's why he was a bit uncomfortable, I think. Went against the grain. What did? I asked if he knew who might have a grudge against Mortlake. And did he? I think perhaps he did. He wriggled, squirmed a bit, but he couldn't quite bring himself to put in his pennyworth. And Mr. Blair? Nothing much there. He was the first to arrive when the alarm was raised, but so what? Somebody has to be. Mm, so he ain't got much yet. On the contrary, we have a lot. None of it very significant. It's what people don't tell you that's significant. But they will. You sound pretty confident, sir. Guilt. It, we it weighs you down. So you have to tell someone. Then they know. So they need to tell someone. And so on. In the end, someone tells me. <laughs> as easy as that, is it? We don't solve most murders by detection, Sergeant. Somebody tells us who did it. The best informant is a guilty conscience. Please, please, darling, it'll be all right, honestly. You don't have to pretend anymore. I told anymore. you as soon as he arrived. No, 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 no. I should have told you that I'd known all these years. That didn't seem any point. I never thought you'd see him again. That's so cruel. Why me? Why did it have to be me? Well, he must have known you were here, surely. No, but he knew about us, our marriage all those years ago. Well, why didn't he do anything then? He didn't want me. Not then. I was dangerous to him. And then he went to Canada. But not for good, unfortunately. London was the best place for his operation. And somebody told him about the hotel and he looked us up in a guidebook. Oh, Rose Kempton, I suppose it had to be you. Now I was worth going after something he could spoil. Yes, well, he's dead. And I'm damned 
very bad indeed. John. John, you didn't... No, 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 I didn't kill him. But you believe me, Rose, don't you? Yes. Oh, God, John, why did you have to tell Paul? Oh, better me than Mortlake. But, but you can't think that Paul Look, would... It's not what I think. The police, what will they think? Oh, Rose, darling, listen. Don't torture yourself. They won't think anything. Why should they? They don't know about you and Mortlake. How could they? <laughs> oh, Rose, darling, what is it? I suppose we shall have to wait another day anyway. The police seem too incompetent to get anything done sooner. It seems Thorne has had the impertinence to forbid anyone from leaving until he says so. But what can we tell you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's quite clear in my favor. I have no idea how, where, or when it happened. I'm sure they won't detain us much longer. And then I suppose if you really want to go home, perhaps we should. It will be for the best, my dear. But Alice, she'll be terribly disappointed. We must think of Alice. It is precisely because of Alice that I am determined that we should go. Here you are. Take a couple. It should help. just can't face another night without sleep. Another night? I didn't get a wink last night, not with all that thunder about, and now this, this dreadful mess. I can't sleep for thinking about it, Morris. Who might be next? Next? Could be you. After all, you were the first responsible person on the scene. One just can't count those two young Americans. Who knows, Morris? Perhaps you saw something. What do you mean? Something the murderer didn't want you to see. Something he's afraid you might remember. Goodness sake, Nina. It's been a ghastly day. Do we have to mull over us in the middle of the night? Now, please, try to get some sleep. You'll see. Everything will seem different in the morning. And, Abbott, I'd like to see those other three people before. Yes, sir. Oh, good morning, Superintendent. Oh, good morning. I'm sorry we're running a bit late. But you will finish today. Ah, yes, I think so. Just a few more questions. I wonder if you'd be kind enough to ask these guests to be available this morning. Right. I think most of them are still at breakfast. Oh, no, oh, please, don't disturb them. There's no hurry. Oh, don't you believe it? Some of them are really fretting to be on their way. Oh, I'm sure you can tell those who have to get away that they will be free to leave tomorrow. We shall want addresses where they can be contacted, of course. Yes. Anyway, that should clear the air for the party tonight. Party? Yes. The Fowlers will be wedding. Oh, yes, I remember. Nobody really feels like it, but Mr. Campton says we must try to carry on normally. Of course, he's absolutely right. Besides, it'll keep Felix happy after all his hard work. Felix? Oh, that's the chef? The Frenchman, sir. Yes. He's worked all week on this marvellous heart-shaped cake. It's fantastic. 
Well, let's hope everything goes off all right. Indeed. I'll go and let our guests know. Ah, Miss Gray. Yes? But she's not on your list. No, but I'd like a word. Good morning, Miss Gray. Good morning, Superintendent. Um, I wonder... So, perhaps you would let them know, Mrs. Dearden. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes, of course. Excuse me. I was wondering if I might ask a favour, Miss Gray. Oh, of course. Oh, but I really didn't think I can be of much help. Oh, I told you everything. Uh, actually, it has nothing to do with this case. Uh, not business at all. You're not going to ask for my autograph, Superintendent. Oh. Well, not me. Um, not me personally, but my wife. Oh, she, uh... of course we met, didn't we, last Sunday? That's right, and, and she's a great fan of yours. So oh. She knew I might see you, and so she wondered if you'd be kind enough to autograph your latest novel. Oh. She has a copy. Oh. Uh, but the, the books are... Oh, how flattering. I would be delighted. I... Uh, Pen. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Now, what was your wife's name? Uh, Miranda. There you are. To Miranda. Oh, I do wish we could have chatted longer. A charming lady, Superintendent. We were getting on like a house on fire. Good. Yes. Oh, but then poor Mrs. Kempton came into the lounge in such a groggy state, we got rather sidetracked. Mrs. And... Kempton was unwell, you said? On Sunday. Oh, yes, poor thing. She looked dreadful. I thought perhaps she had some bad news on the telephone. But it seems not just a touch of dizziness. Oh, well, I must get on. Now, you can tell your wife. I have reached the last chapter. Yes, of course. And thank you for the autograph. Not at all. Uh, shall I take the book, sir? Um, what? Uh, yes. There you are. Ah, oh, that was virtue rewarded, wasn't it? Remembering to get her autograph for Miranda? I don't quite follow you, sir. I want you to check with Mrs. Dearden, Abbott, the time that Mortlake phoned to make his reservation, and who else he spoke to. Yeah? A bit more. I need it. Ah, I wish someone else was in charge of this inquiry. It's not pleasant having to suspect one's friends. I feel awful. Having to confirm what Cassandra Gray said about Rose. Oh. Never occurred to me it could be important. Sorry, I'm afraid. Looks as if Rose knew Mortlake before he came to Witchwood. Why else should she be so upset by anything he said to her? Oh, here's that signed copy you asked for, by the way. To Miranda? Oh, that was kind of her. What do you know about Mortlake? His past. Was he married? Divorced? What? We're checking it. I should have the information first thing in the morning. What about John? I don't know. But I am sure that they know more than they've told me so far. It's horrible. And it has to be murder? Afraid so. The PM report was definite. No water in his lungs, which means he was dead before he entered the swimming pool. We found the place where he was struck down and the weapon. <laughs> Bottle of lime juice left out by the pool. So, how do you think it happened? I think someone wanted Mortlake dead. And I think that same someone knew about Mortlake's habit of a pre-breakfast walk and followed him. Realized Mortlake would come back through the shrubbery, so he waited, or she, with a weapon so conveniently left by the pool. When Mortlake returned, I imagine he was persuaded to stoop down to look at something in the shrubbery. And then... Oh, dreadful. 
Why just drop the weapon? That was stupid, wasn't it? Ah, I think the killer must have panicked. Why? If it was planned. But the plan went wrong, you see. That's what came through at the PM. Mortlake had an abnormally thin skull. It smashed. That's what caused the panic. I'm not sure that I... I think it's clear. The blow was intended to knock Mortlake unconscious. Then he'd be thrown in the pool, making it seem like an accident. It was very slippery after the rain. And when he saw he'd made a mess of Mortlake's head, you think he just dropped the bottle and ran? Yes. Oh, that doesn't explain how Mortlake got into the pool. There is an explanation. You mean a third party? Yes. Oh, that's a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Why should someone else throw the body into the pool? That I don't know. Not yet. Just a confused thing, so surely not. There has to be an explanation, and we'll find it. And you think it could be one of the captains? Be honest. You do, don't you? I don't know. I really don't know. Lots of people have secrets in their past, things they don't want known. It doesn't make them guilty of murder, does it? No, it doesn't. And what about Latimer? Surely he's a much more likely candidate from what you found out. Well, we know he has a record and he's done time for violence. Abbott's chasing the details. There you are, then. Perhaps. No. I think I could manage another tot. What about you? No, thanks. You know it keeps me awake. <laughs> Okay, um, I'll be with you in under the hour. No, you were right to call. What is it? What's going on? Dr. Bam. Who? Uh, he's at Witchwood House. I've got to go immediately. Why? Oh, God, not another death. No, not yet. Anyway. What do you mean, not yet? Food poisoning. Seems half of the guests have gone down with some sort of food poisoning. There's an overall pattern, but it's variable. Some symptoms are more acute than others, and some people have no symptoms at all. Who, for instance? Well, the uh, the Kemptons are all fine, and so is Mr. Fowler. But not Mrs. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, she was not affected. So we're looking for differences in what they ate. Ah, oh, that could be quite a slog. Yes. There was the dinner first with a wide choice of menu, and then the party celebrations afterwards when they cut the cake. Well, that simplifies things. Surely, if you can establish if there was anyone who was only at the party and is ill, then the cake is the culprit. Right? Wrong. There were plates of little savouries, too. Many different kinds. Ah, I see. A real long slog. Yeah. Not mine, thank God. I can leave that to the health people. Mm. It could take days. I have no doubt. But you don't think anyone's in danger? Fortunately not. They all seem to be over the worst. I wouldn't normally have called you in, but... But in view of the circumstances, you wondered if Mortlake's death and the poisoning were connected, right? Right. Well... I dislike coincidence as much as you do, Doctor, but it seems a pretty rough and ready way to silence someone. Yes. And ineffective, if your prognosis is correct. Yes, I suppose so. But keep me posted. I'll, if you come up with a theory. 
Uh, where will you be? Uh, here. I'll go in and catch some breakfast, and then I shall be asking questions. Right. Well, I hope you find your answers more quickly than I seem likely to. I do realize I should have told you it. It was quite wrong of me. But, well, I convinced myself it couldn't be connected. Mr. Mortlake is murdered. You hear Mr. Kempton threaten to kill him, and you tell me you didn't think it was connected. How long were you a solicitor, Mr. Fowler? Oh, yes, yes. We've known the Kemptons for several years. They're, oh, they're delightful people. Will you know that? Nonetheless. Uh, nonetheless, as you say, I should have told you. People say all sorts of things when they're angry. You're quite sure of the words. If you do anything to hurt her, I'll kill you. Well, is that correct, Mr. Fowler? Yes. So why now? What made you change your mind? My conscience has been troubling me a little. And, of course, this poisoning. You see a connection, Mr. Fowler? Well, yes, I suppose so. Don't you? Too early to say, Mr. Fowler. Much too early. Well, stroke of luck for us, if not for her. And that really pinpoints it. Yeah. Mrs. Dearden was on reception duty, never at the main course, never went to the party. But she was ill in the night. Same symptoms as the others? Exactly. Dr. Ban was really thrown until she remembered Mr. Fowler. And she's quite sure it was Fowler. Absolutely. He made a special point of it. Brought her a piece of cake out to the desk to show her she hadn't been forgotten. She thought how nice it was of him. <laughs> quite. But at least it tells us the cake was the culprit. The doctor spent some time with the chef, that French fella. <laughs> I can imagine Felix was not best pleased. Oh, Dad, I didn't understand French. <laughs> anyway, Ban calmed him down. Uh, there was nothing in the cake that could have caused those symptoms. So someone must have tampered with it. Is that the implication? Band is sure the ingredients were safe. But it seems the cake was put out some time before the party started. Anyone could have got at it. Anyone. That's a great help. But it does look like poisoning. Deliberate, I mean. So there must be a connection, sir, mustn't there? But to poison everybody, and not fatally. What the hell was the logic in that? <sighs> I don't know, sir. Neither do I. I think for the moment I'll just carry on with the Mortlake side of the inquiry. At least we're getting somewhere there. Are we, sir? We know there was a motive. Now I have a witness, Mr. Fowler, who overheard someone threatening Mortlake. A death threat. And it all seems to point in one direction. Damn it. Yes, 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 I lied to you. We did know Mortlake, I admit it. But we had no reason to wish him dead. Didn't you? Of course not. Then why did you threaten to kill him? And why didn't you tell me he was Rose's husband? Ex-husband. Oh, no. They were never divorced. What? We you... checked. I knew you'd find out. Well, what difference does John, it make? John, don't. I swear to you, George, that John didn't know until yesterday about my first marriage. Until... Mortlake was murdered. But why no divorce? I don't understand. No, I don't suppose you do. All I can say is that I was young, desperate. I thought Roy had gone, disappeared forever. I was afraid if I tried to divorce him, they'd find him. I, I just wanted to escape. But he knew about your marriage to John. Well, so it seems, but I didn't know that until he walked in here. You see how it must look, Rose. What a threat he was to your marriage. Yes. Yes, we know, but I swear to you, George, I did not kill Roy Mortlake. What about Paul? Oh, no, George, you mustn't think that. I had a fight. It wasn't like that. It, 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 oh, God. oh, darling, it's all right. It's all right. Don't worry. So what happens now? 
Are you going to charge me with murder and Rose with bigamy? I expect we can sort the bigamy out with the other. I'll be frank, John. I'm close to it. You had a motive, and I dare say opportunity. Furthermore, you were heard to threaten his just life. words. Just words. Sure, I hated the bastard, but I couldn't kill him. No. That's what holds me back. I don't think you could. But I won't deny it doesn't look good. I shall need to question you again in detail. And this time, please, no lies. Oh, my dear. It's all right. Oh, Please, Mrs. Hurley, I just tried to stay calm. I couldn't have caught you out like this, not in the middle of the night. You were quite right, wasn't I? I don't know what... When did he collapse? He seems to be quite recovered. Let's pretend he complained of these pains. I see. Excuse me. Oh. Well, all right, won't you? I'll call for an ambulance, Mrs. Hurley. It shouldn't be long. An ambulance? We need to get him to hospital quickly. Why? What is it? Everyone seems to have recovered. It's God's work. He keeps saying William, just rest now. Where's that ambulance? Yes, I shall die. No, William. I shall die as I deserve for what I did to Roy Mortley. deathbed confession. I suppose so. And you're quite sure he was lucid? Mm, for a while. In the ambulance, he seemed to be making the effort to hang on. You say Mortlake had incensed him, taunting him about his daughter? Yes, about that affair with Latimer. In the most offensive way, it seems. But he didn't kill him. He would have said, wouldn't he? Oh, sure. Now, he wanted to clear his conscience, his immortal soul, he said. Well, at least we know now how Mortlake got into the pool. Yeah. Hurley said his wife's cough had disturbed him. So he got up, went for an early morning walk found Mortlake. He said the face seemed to leer up at him, even in death. Possessed by madness, that was his phrase. That's what he felt. He just dragged the body to the pool and huddled it in. Retribution. Mm, murder by intention, but not by deed, as we know from the medical evidence. Yes. Well, I'm very grateful to you, Doctor. It clears up part of the mess anyway. <laughs> but I'm afraid that's not all. Not by a long way. What do you mean? I wanted to be sure... Or at least as sure as I could be. That's why I've been so long. I've been here at the hospital most of the day. Why? Well, we shall have to wait for the post-mortem, of course, but uh, I've done some preliminary tests. For what? Hurley was an elderly man, not in robust health, but he seemed to be well on the way to recovery after the food poisoning, like all the other guests. And they're still well? Oh, yes. At the moment. At the moment? You see, I had a similar case about a year ago. The stuff does grow in the neighborhood. And it's easy to mistake for the ordinary fuel variety. What stuff? Amanita phylloides. Better known as death cap. Death cap? The most deadly fungus mushroom there is. Well, I can't be sure yet, but to begin with, the symptoms are the same as ordinary food poisoning. That makes diagnosis difficult. And if it's not caught, then the prognosis is grim. There's no known antidote. But Hurley seemed to have recovered, and all the others. I know, that's the point. The characteristic of Faladine is that initial recovery is followed by remission. But by that time, there's little hope. The liver and kidneys are destroyed. That's terrible. Now, all Hurley's symptoms fit the picture, I'm afraid. He died of liver and kidney failure. 
But nobody ate mushrooms. It was the cake, you said. Quite. Surely no one could be so evil. What do you mean? If Hurley was telling the truth about Mortley... Which we can assume he was. Well, then, I suppose it is possible that he saw or heard something which might point the finger at the mother. Possible, I suppose. Which leads you to suppose that whoever poisoned the cake, and if it was with death cat poison, was prepared to cause the death of heaven knows how many people in order to silence Hurley. Hmm. Oh, I don't think I can buy that. It's obscene. I hope you're right. So, what do we do now? Well, first, I check the rest of the guests at that party. A simple urine test will tell me. I'll get back to the hotel at once. I'll try not to alarm them, but it is urgent. And you'll let me know as soon as you have the results. I will. And look, I hope to God I'm wrong. Now, where can I contact you? I'll be back in my office. From what Hurley told you... I need to ask young Tom Latimer a few more questions. Was it really necessary to send a police car for me? Bells ringing and all that. Bit B-movie, wasn't it? Brought back unhappy memories, did it, Latimer? Mr. Latimer, Superintendent. <laughs> That's rich, considering it's not even your real name. How did you find out? That you had a criminal past. A oh, criminal past? You sound like a woman's magazine. All right. I killed a man. You'll know that, so you'll also know it was unintentional. Manslaughter. A drunken, youthful brawl. I won't pretend I'm proud of it, but I got a hanging judge in six years in one of your filthy jails. So as the phrase goes, I've paid my debt to society. Why should I be number one suspect for Mortlake's murder? Did I say you were? You don't need to. But why? What possible motive could I have for murdering Mortlake? Oh, I could think of a couple. What? Blackmail, for starters? Oh, my criminal past, you mean? Where will I find the money on my wages to pay a blackmailer? You'll have to do better than that. Right, I will. Perhaps Mortlake knew of your... your relationship with Alice Hurley. How did you know about that? Oh, it's a secret, then, is it? I see. Well, suppose Mortlake threatened to tell Canon Hurley. Did he? Is that what you're saying? Possibly. What do you mean, possibly? Haven't you asked the man? No. But of course you will. Would that I could, Mr. Latimer, but I'm afraid I have to tell you Canon Hurley died a few hours ago. But at least it takes the pressure off the canton. Your coffee. Hmm. In one way, I suppose. Have you seen this? Hotel of Horror. Oh, good God. The jackals of the press. They don't take long, do they? One dead, two critical in murder hotel poison drama. Is this true? Partially. Dr. Byrne got in touch late last night. Two of the urine samples were positive kidney and liver failure. Which two? The Blairs. Oh, poor things. Is there any hope for them? It's pretty doubtful, but Mr. Blair seems to be less seriously affected. He might pull through. Band will be in touch later. Oh, poor John and Rose. They've worked so hard to make a go of it. Yes. Well, at least the Cannon's death, and now the Blair's. Surely all that has nothing to do with them. 
There's no motive there, you have to admit. Mm, perhaps. The whole picture's so murky, Miranda. Contradictory, even. Isn't it an odd business that only three people took the mushroom poison? And yet all the others were ill, too. Quite. But Band assures me, thank the Lord, that the others suffered from a much less toxic poison. How can that be? There's only one answer. There were two sorts of poison. A comparatively innocuous one in the cake and the really deadly stuff administered to the cannon and the blares. But how? And why? The how is what defeats me. For the moment. The why is easy enough. Easy? To throw us off the scent, confuse the issue. That would prevent poor Dr. Ban from making the correct diagnosis until it was too late. If I could discover how, I think I would soon know why. Where did they get hold of these mushrooms, these death cap things? The doctor says they go in the woods around the hotel. Uh, if you know what you're looking for. Why don't you ask Cassandra Gray? How could she help? Well, we were chatting. She told me she loved going for long walks. So? Well, she's a great expert on flora and fauna. It says so in all the articles I've read about her. I'm sure if there were any of these death cap things about, she'd have spotted them. Let me see. Ah, yes, right at the next crossroads, Sergeant. Got it. I'm most grateful for your help, Miss Gray. Oh, well, I hope it isn't a wild goose chase. But I did notice them particularly. Oh, in the middle of last week, it must have been... Oh, they were so beautiful. A pale green sheen beautiful, on the cap. Beautiful, but deadly. You must think that they were... Oh, oh, but of course I shouldn't ask. I know I can rely on your discretion, Miss Gray. Of course. I think it is possible that whoever killed Mr. Mortlake feared that Canon Hurley or the Blairs might have... Stop! Just here, Sergeant. Oh. Now we'll have to go on foot. Oh, I am sorry to interrupt. Oh, I see what you mean. I mean, your theory, of course. Yes, I suppose that the opposite could be true. Hmm. The opposite? Yes that Roy Mortlake might have been killed because he knew something that would point a finger at the murderer of the cannon or of the bears. Yes. Hmm. That is, of course, a possibility. That would explain the delay between Mortlake's death and Cannon Harley's. Mortlake was... had to be eliminated before the murderer could kill his intended victim. Well, it's just my silly speculation, of course. I'm sure you know best. <laughs> now, if you'll follow me, I'll show you where the mushrooms were. It'll be rather damp underfoot, I am afraid. Was it here? Yes, I'm sure. Under this oak. Oh, I'm sure it was here. I remember thinking how magnificent this particular oak was. Well, they like oaks, you know, the death camps. But and... there's nothing there now. What? No, nothing. Could they just decompose? I don't know much about... Oh, no, no. No, not without leaving a trace, not in so short a time. Which means they were picked, right? I'm afraid it rather does, Superintendent. When you came on your walk here, did you meet anyone? No, not on that day. No, no, not a soul. Oh, but later, the next day, I did see Mr. Mortlake. Here? No, I didn't come back here, but I was on the hill over there looking back towards these woods. And you saw Mortlake? Yes, walking away from the woods. 
So he might have been in them. Well, it's possible. He used to like walking. Could you be sure it was him? You were some distance away. Oh, but I had my field glasses, Sergeant. I'm never without them. Ornithology is another of my interests. Oh. Did you see anyone else? Oh, dear me, I really cannot remember. I wasn't looking out for people, you know. There are a pair of barn owls. Quite. Uh, well, if you do remember anything, Miss Gray. Oh, I'll try. I'll check with my journal. I keep notes. Jottings, you know, of anything of interest. What sort of notes, madam? Oh, unusual flowers, birds. Well, you know, this sort of thing. Oh, I see. But it might jog my memory. I'll check. Thank you. You've been so helpful. Now, I think we'd better get back to the hotel. I still have a lot to get through. Thank you for sparing me time, Miss Hurley. Particularly now, I'm so sorry about your father. Thank you. Believe me, I wouldn't trouble you if it wasn't important. I understand. I'm, uh... Sorry to have to ask you this, but I need to know. Did your father approve of your relationship with Mr. Latimer? Uh, he, uh, he didn't know about it, Superintendent. But he certainly wouldn't have approved. I see. My father may have been a churchman, but he was also narrow-minded and bigoted. Oh, no, I didn't... Uh... He certainly wouldn't have approved of my being in love with an ex-convict. You know, then? Yes, I know. Tom told me everything. It doesn't make any difference, not to us, what we feel for each other. We're going to get married, Superintendent, as soon as possible. Really? Does it shock you? Did you expect me to be overcome with grief? People often are, on the death of a parent. Yes, I know. But don't ask me to weep for my father, Superintendent. I've tried. But I can't. I'm sorry if that shocks you. I'm not so easily shocked, Miss Hurley. No, I suppose not. However, I must ask you this. Your plans to marry Latimer, are they a consequence of your father's death? Yes. I won't deny it. I was afraid of him, a coward. It would have taken longer to admit what I felt for Tom. And you're a beneficiary under your father's will? A canon's salary is a matter of public record, Superintendent. My father lives within his income, and there are no private means. If you are going to suggest that my father's objection to my marriage would have hurt me financially, then you are wrong. Quite wrong. Yes. Nor would it have hurt Tom, in case that was running through your mind, too. Miss Harley, I appreciate that you must be overwrought, but I am conducting a murder inquiry. Two people are dead, and the Blairs are in grave danger. I need to ask questions. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being silly. It's just I know you suspected Tom, and I yes, thought... The sooner I discover the truth, the sooner the innocent will be free from suspicion. You do want me to uncover the truth, don't you, Miss Harley? That's why I'm here. Good. Now, <clears throat> you'll see that I've asked Mr. Kempton to arrange the tables in here as they were on the night of the party at the dinner. Yes, you I see that. You sat at this table... Yes, the, the three of us. On each side? The young Americans were on this side, and Mr. and Mrs. Blair on the other. And your father sat? There. Furthest away from the Americans. He found them loud, he said. Did your father eat anything that only the Blairs might have had? Please think, Miss Harley. I'm, I'm sure not. In fact, I remember they had the soup. Mrs. Blair said it was rather too bland for her. Oh, she's always complaining. Father had melon... 
Then I think we all have the same. But Dr. Ban knows all this. Oh, quite. But there was nothing that could have been common only to the Blairs and your father. They didn't offer him any of their wine to try or something like that. Mm, he didn't drink. I'm sure there was nothing. I, I told Dr. Band. Quiet. It's just sometimes one forgets. Little things. Wait. There was something. I, I just remembered. What? But I'm sure it can't be important. Please. You asked if the Blairs offered us anything? Well, I remember. Our pepper mill was empty. Father was complaining. Mrs. Blair leant over and handed him there. Did you or your mother have any? No. I've only just remembered, but... Oh, it can hardly be relevant. I mean, pepper can't kill you, can it? No. Not pepper, Miss Hurley. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's Dr. Band on the phone for you, Superintendent. All right, I'll come at once. Thank you, Miss Hurley. I shan't need to keep you any longer. You've been very helpful. Thorn here. Yes. I see. I'm sure you did all you could. But isn't that unusual? Really? No, of course you couldn't. Tomorrow afternoon. Yes. Thank you. We we can sort that all out later. Bye. I know I shouldn't interfere, Superintendent, but was that about the Blairs? We're all so worried. It's no secret, Mrs. Dearden. I'm very much afraid Mrs. Blair died a short while ago. How dreadful. And Mr. Blair? Mr. Blair's out of danger, it seems. Oh, thank goodness for that, at least. We were afraid that if they both... Quiet. He seems to have been lucky. They're keeping him in tonight for observation, but if all goes well, he'll be back here tomorrow afternoon. Oh, at least that's something. She'll be relieved. Sorry? Who'll be relieved? The lady who rang earlier, asking. About the Blairs? Well, just Mr. Blair, actually. She sounded dreadfully upset. Did she say who she was? No, she didn't leave her name. I did ask, but she said she'd bring back later. What time? How much later? Oh, I'm not sure. Lunchtime, I think. That's right. She said she'd ring at lunchtime. Now, when she rings again, I shall have Sergeant Abbott with you. Bruce. You'll tell her that you'll go and find out about the Blairs. Yes. Put the phone down. Walk away. Be at least a couple of minutes. When you come back, you can tell her the news. Be in no hurry to finish the conversation. Right. Ask if she has a number you can contact her on. I, I already did that. She said she didn't have one. Oh, yes. I bet she did. Smart suit, Sergeant. Oh. Didn't know you were a natty dresser. Always dress appropriate to the occasion, sir. A chartered accountant in Maidenhead is about as smart as I get. And we're meeting a lady. Yeah, some advice on investments. That's what she thinks. A bit unethical, isn't it? I'm surprised the boss went along with it. That's what happens when you use the office phone for private business. It's time we got lucky. I was betting she'd be ringing for a public call box. You're absolutely right. It was time we had some luck. Mrs. Dearden's remark about that mysterious lady phoning for Mr. Blair, right on top of the pepper pot business. Suddenly we had a light out of darkness. Yeah, all adds up, doesn't it? And Miss Gray's now fairly sure she spotted Blair coming out of the woods soon after she saw Mortlake. She got a note in a journal about seeing the rooks getting up. <laughs> That's what reminded her. So Blair could have been after the mushrooms when Mortlake spotted him. And Mortlake might have suspected him. Put two and two together, tried to spot a blackmail. We know that was his forte. 
it's all circumstantial, don't it? At the moment, Sergeant, at the moment. Oh, I spoke to the doc last night. He can't be sure Blair mixed his wife's urine sample with his own to make them both appear positive to the mushroom test. No, but he did say full recovery so quickly from Amanita Phalloides is unheard of. Oh. And the symptoms Blair complained of initially, cramps and nausea, they're easily faked. If you're right, he confused us twice. First by tampering with the cake to set up the food poisoning cover, and then by seeming to be a victim of the real stuff. Yes, I'm sure that's how it was. So... All we need now is motive. Motive for the death of Nina Blair. She was always the intended target. Poor old Cannon Early. Just plain unlucky. Quite unlooked for. Blair knew his wife always used pepper. With her exotic background, she liked highly spiced food. Blair says it would have been easy enough to grind up the dead caps for the pepper mill. And Mortlake just picked on her old man to threaten. Yes. It's all fitting into place now. I think the DPP will feel we've got a case. Once we've finished with our lady and maidenhead. So, am I to understand you have no interest in investments at all, Superintendent? None. Was it really necessary for this subterfuge? I believe so, Mrs. Swinson. But why? I understand Mrs. Blair died from food poisoning. Any inquiries about her estate seem irrelevant. I must be the judge of that. Am I right in assuming you handled their financial affairs? Yes. And how would you describe them, the Blairs? I have the authority of your employer, you understand, to ask these questions. Oh, so I believe. Well. They are wealthy people. What was the source of this wealth? Oh, Mrs. Blair came from a rich family. There had been wide investments. So, what happens now? Now? Mrs. Blair is dead. Her will is in the public domain. We could ask her solicitor, but I imagine you are aware of the financial arrangements. Mr. Blair will inherit everything. It is usual. Of course. And if that is all, I am very busy. Mr. Blair was a little more than just a client to you, wasn't he, Mrs. Swinson? What do you mean? Your concern extended to inquiries by telephone. How Well, why not? I have known him for some time. Oh, I'm sure. So some of the girls in the office were saying, weren't they, Sergeant Abbott? Oh, indeed, sir. Very friendly, they seem to think. If you chose to listen to those bitches, I... Mrs. Swenson, shall we do it the easy way, or do I have to dig up all the dirt in public? I wasn't dirt, as you put it, Superintendent. All right, Morris, Blair, and I were lovers. You'd found that out. I'm not ashamed of it. I am divorced. It's no crime. And he was saddled with that nagging shrew. But not anymore, he isn't, is he? No. And I can't shed tears. Hmm. Another one. What do you mean? Never mind. Would you have gone on with it? Gone on with what? Sharing him. Furtive moments. I can't see you putting up with that. No. I've made it clear. He had to choose. Ah, really? And now he doesn't have to. Does he? Sorry to disturb you again, Mrs. Dearden. Oh, that's all right. How can I help? Mr. Blair, 
Has he returned from the hospital yet? Oh, yes. They brought him back in an ambulance at lunchtime. Not that he seemed to need it. I've made a good recovery, has he? Marvellous. Obviously, he's still pretty shocked. You know about his wife. Obviously. In his room, is he? No, he went out about half an hour ago. Out? Did he say where he was going? No, he didn't say. And you're sure it was about half an hour ago? Yes, I noticed the time when I put the call through to his room. And he came down soon after that. Call? Who was it from? She didn't say, but I'm pretty sure... The same voice as yesterday. Yes. Was it all right to put her through? You didn't say not to. <sighs> no, you weren't to know, Mrs. Dearden. I guess you were certain, yeah. Mr. Blair didn't suggest he was leaving. Did he have his bags packed or anything? No, he just collected the key to the garage. Do you have a description of his car? We'd have the registration number in the book. Good, if we could... But he hasn't taken it. I thought you said he collected the key. Well, yes, he did, but I haven't seen the car go out. He must have changed his mind. These garages, where are they? Oh, they're behind the pool. Quick, Abbott, get the toolkit out of the car. Oh, what is it, Superintendent? What's going on? And you were just too late. Hmm. The engine had been running a good 20 minutes by the time we'd broken the door down. Were you sorry? I can't pretend I was. Another unworn death. There have been too many in this case. Couldn't you have prevented Mrs. Swinson from warning him? No, she'd committed no crime. She was right on that. Anyway, I hoped she would warn him, to be quite frank. Why? A running man is a guilty man. You're devious, George Thorne. I say it helps in this job. We had to get him, you know. Beneath that smooth exterior, he was very dangerous. Very dangerous indeed. Would he have been hanged? No doubt. Three murders. One a brutal assault, one premeditated poisoning, and the third a casual accident he could easily have prevented. And he couldn't have pleaded insanity. He knew what he was doing all right. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, at least John and Rose will be spared the publicity of a murder trial. Yes, that would really have finished them. As it is, I have a chance now. People forget. I reckon they'll come through it. Oh, I hope so. Besides, we're going to help. How? I'm taking you to lunch there on Sunday. You are? As if nothing has happened? Exactly. Life goes on, Miranda. At least for some of us. John Castle played Superintendent Thorne and Tessa Worsley, his wife, in Unto the Grave by John Penn, which was dramatized for radio by Melville Jones. John Kempton, Stephen Thorne, Rose Kempton, Diana Bishop. Tom Latimer, Jonathan Taffler, Polly and Vern Raven, Karen Asco and James Good, the Fowlers, Pauline Letts and Alan Dudley, the Blairs, Sheila Grant and Tim Reynolds, Paul Kempton, Kim Wall, Helen Dearden, Eve Karp, Roy Mortlake, John Hollis, Cassandra Gray, Jennifer Piercy. The Hurley family, Peter Howell, Rachel Gurney and Deborah Makepeace. Sergeant Abbott, Andrew Branch. Dr. Band, Gordon Reed. And Marjorie Swinson, Joe Manning Wilson. Unto the Grave was directed by Martin Jenkins. And that play was first broadcast in December 1986. Next Monday afternoon, at the same time, Thorne investigates some unpleasant happenings at a minor public school. 
And tomorrow at two, our 30 Minute Theatre is a comedy by Sarah Maxwell. Bookends. This is Radio 4. It's half past three.